Today, Music Talk talks to Devin Abrams, who is Pacific Heights, about his new album, The Waters Between. We find the former shapeshifter at home in Hawks Bay, eager to talk about working with his friends Louis Baker and Jack Page, along with a slew of up-and-coming talent. It's taken a few years, but finally, The Waters Between is ready to see the light of day. I finished and put out my um, Lost Light album, which was the last album in 2018. So really off the back of that, I started quite quickly onto the, this record. But right. um, I guess the first the first songs that are still on the record um, were conceptualized and um, initiated in kind of late 2018, early 2019. Okay. And, and so... When you're working on a record, are you thinking in terms of the, the the whole package or does it come together bits and pieces? Do you have a concept in mind at the beginning? Well, the last record was definitely fully conceptual. I had a, you know, yeah. um, we, I think you and I even talked about it. I had a dream I and it was based off all of that, wrote, wrote a whole script down for it. Yeah. And everything had to kind of like um, bow down to this like strict concept. Um, but this album was a lot more open as far as I just wanted it to um, replicate uh, my emotional setting and my feelings really and the, the the space I was in and where I was traveling to and who I was working with um, and and I guess if it has any concept the only the only loose concept that would be there tying the album together is that the album's about emotional distance um, because I, at the time I was spending a lot of time in Los Angeles and Sydney away from my family and my wife um, and so you know it was about the waters between that uh, kind of like I guess holding that distance right. Well, the water's between the water's everywhere now. So, <laughs> is it what, man? Like, yeah, we were getting enough rain for like two months here today. Yeah. So I noticed you got a, a few a little uh, interstitial tracks that, that aren't titled. That, uh, in fact, the album starts with one, and then there's a couple other ones. So, are those there to kind of tie things together? Yeah, they they are um, mood pieces, and I wanted, I really wanted to acknowledge my past as Pacific Heights because when I first started I was completely instrumental um, for the first few records so it's also a hark back to you know my early identity as an artist and um, yeah I think they're nice they're they're nice um, ribbons that tie the record together. Now you work with a lot of people on this a lot of collaborations. Uh... (laughs) A lot of collaborations which I love but my manager hates because it's a lot of paperwork but I love I love collaborating I just I mean in an ideal world I would just work with a, a village of people you know right right so how do you work with is it different with everybody or do you have a kind of set way of approaching when you work with someone different with everybody i try and as a producer obviously i, I produce a lot for other people's projects um outside yeah. of my own and i've learned to collaborate in a really efficient and um, open way and i think for me it's just allowing the the artist that you're working with to feel that they can work the way they want to work. So I'm more of a chameleon as, in that sense with um, how I work. Right, right. Well, one of you got is Lupani on We Never Have Tomorrow, who I think is from here in Auckland. This one from the crowd The world is so loud tonight Can we just try to find a place to hide Don't say goodbye
We actually met at an APRA Song Hubs in Auckland a couple years ago, just before COVID. Like, I think it was maybe uh, February or March 2020. Um, and him and I um, did a session together and wrote a song for his project, which got released. And we kind of had a really good, strong, creative connection between us. And he's such a lovely human being as well. Very soft, very gentle, uh, very um, sensitive and vulnerable vocalist. And um, I just wanted to keep working with him. So we, we did some more writing sessions. We didn't really know where the songs were going to go. And then we wrote, well, we'll never have tomorrow over a couple of um, in-person sessions and Zoom because of lockdowns and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love his voice. It's it's crazy because he's quite a, a big stocky, you know, um, yeah. Fijian boy. Um, and he um, has this most sensitive, fragile vibrato and um softness to his voice and i just loved that i love that i love that you know when you listen to someone you have no expectation you know uh, you think you assume that they might be this fragile little person and he's this you know yeah, right. and i love that i love that about him i just think that's a really um beautiful juxtaposition yeah. and what can you tell me about the song itself well yeah i mean the song the song was about having, um, and this can be with any kind of relationship, whether it's you know a, a, a love or a, you know a friendship, but it, or, or someone that passes through your life. But it's that idea that that a relationship can be so powerful in such a short short existence, and that you try and make the most of it, and know that you won't have another opportunity to do that. And I think that's a good way of looking at life, um, making the most out of any friendship or relationship you can every day, because we don't know if we'll have tomorrow. So um, both of us had personal situations around that. And so, right. you know, we, we wanted to package that into that song. Okay. I see there's a tune called, we don't feel that uh, we don't feel the same or the world don't feel. The oh same. yeah. That's one of my favorite on the record. Um, I love that. <laughs> adore that song. Uh, that was with Paul McClaney, who I think is an exceptional songwriter. The world don't feel the same. Not like it used to do Everything has changed I know you feel it too The things that I remember Yeah, that's, that's a really poignant song given the state of the world. <laughs> that's what I was thinking, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love that. I absolutely adore that song. And one of my favorite moments on the whole record is the outro of that song. So, um, yeah. And so what spurred you on to write the song? Because, I mean, let's face it, the world isn't the same for anybody these days. So, But everybody's coming from a different place. Well, I, I, I have to give um, a lot of credit to, to, to Paul, really, for um, sparking that direction and... Um, and I think once he kind of laid down a few ideas, I knew that was that was the hook, that was the mantra of the song, and um, and we both just ran with it, you know. Um, right, and right. and Paul's a very fast writer. I mean, that song really bloomed um, very quickly uh, yeah. compared to some of the other songs on the record. Is there a saxophone in there? I put a lot of my saxophone on the on this record. If you listen through with fine tuned ears, you'll hear it probably through half the album. Uh huh. You like playing the sax? Well, that's that is. Uh, I'm not sure if you can see it here. Let's, Let's see it. It's always sits there. Oh, yeah, um, there he is. 
I went through <laughs> I went through jazz school on saxophone, and it was the instrument I played in Shapeshifter along with synthesizers. And right. unfortunately, I don't play it enough, and I've had to actually get back into it and practice a bit because I was a bit rusty. And um, actually, really enjoyed putting it back in my production. So I think you right. know, hopefully, it'll I, I'll do some more practice eventually, and it'll um, become more of a mainstay in my. You have to keep uh, your chops up. Is it uh, a absolutely? Thing? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a physical thing. I mean, um, obviously, your hands. Uh, how they move and it's a memory thing but then yep. the embouchure in your mouth and being able to hold the saxophone i can probably only play half decent for about 10 15 minutes and then right um you know to be a professional saxophonist you really have to practice every day and i'm a, I'm a producer first so i don't practice <laughs> i need to i need to <laughs> now you got a couple of guys on here that you've worked before louis baker and um and uh, jack page so what's your re relationship like, like with them working together well, Jack, and yeah, Jack Page, um, well, Louis probably the one I've worked with the most. Um, he featured on the Stillness record and one of my favorite right. songs from that record. And then yep. I produced his last EP. Uh, so we have a good creative synergy as well. Um, another old soul um, in, in Louis, and he's just such an amazing musician, guitarist, singer. Set sail for an ocean wide. Many miles have been multiplied leads me back to you So I love working with him. I think there's definitely a real kind of sound that we have together where um, uh, we're the worlds, you know, combined. Uh, and Jack Page, I only just um, produced a couple of tracks for him. That's how we met and sparked off. And uh, we just wrote the song that he's on at the end of, um, at the very end of a couple of days working for his stuff. And uh it was again another one of those songs that came about very quickly we wrote it in probably half a day um and again i think his voice has such a unique sound uh and he's a big tall massive human being you right. know, again you never assume that that was what he looked like from his voice but um <laughs> yeah and we wrote another track for maybe another pacific kites release in the future and yeah i really like working with him he's a great great keyboardist um, and has a really good solid understanding of harmony. And I love people that um, have intricate harmony understanding. Right. Right. So I'm curious as a producer and as a musician and writer and all that uh, over the course of say the four years between this, this release and the previous one, do you listen to a lot of other music? Do you get it? Do you hear things that go, aha, this is, this is interesting. Or do you try to just kind of stay in your own little space? <sighs> I mean, I've done both. I've gone through periods <laughs> where I don't listen to anything but the stuff I'm working on. Uh, right. But I've tried to make it more, implement more of a um, consistent routine where I spend my first half an hour, an hour every day in the studio. First thing in the morning after my coffee, uh, scouring YouTube for obscure ambient or jazz records I've missed in the past and then right. spending time on Pitchfork and Bandcamp finding new stuff. And I've got some great friends that I collaborate with that are amazing at sending me stuff and we share stuff. Um, but I'm a consummate um, uh, thief. You know, I'm always learning Bruce Hornsby keys parts, reverse engineering right. them, and then trying to find a way to put them in my own music. Or, um, you know, Steve Reich and his crazy harmony. And I mean, I, I think the uh, unless you're one of those rare, 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 super rare human beings where you can create something transcendent within yourself, which I think is exceptionally rare. Um, right. The uh, the uh, I think the the way to be a great artist is to to um, th you know 
steal stuff and put it steal and make it best. steal from the best <laughs> and then find a way to make it your own and cocktail sure. it up into something new, you know? Um, yep, yep. So yeah, I'm always now re-engaged with listening to a lot more music than I did in the past where I would just be listening to the stuff I was working on. And I think I got a bit of tunnel vision. So it's been really nice getting back into like putting um, my vinyl collection downstairs with the kids on some mornings and, you know, yeah, just routine music's routine now, like listening. Cool. Kids love records, don't they? <laughs> they they do. They really do. And they really like the, you know, tactile nature of them and turning yeah. the amplifier on and then putting the needle on the record. And yep. Yep. Um, hopefully they don't take after me because I wrecked a few of my parents' um, records and their turntable by trying to scratch <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> when I was very young, you know, so um, hopefully they don't figure that one out. Yeah, I'm sure. You got to start somewhere. You do. You do. <laughs> Now, I was wondering if you're listening to any gospel. You have a track called Floating, which has a kind of gospel. Oh, I love gospel stuff, man. Love gospel. Yeah, uh, I remember when I was younger, I have a connection to the US with some extended family there. Um, I dropped out of high school and my parents said, you know, you're either going to go get a job or you're going to go, um, you know, go overseas and you're going to live with your uncle and work on a farm. And so um, I went and did that and that didn't last very long. Um, Where, but, whereabouts in the States? Well, my, a lot of my family's in California, but where I was actually based was Oklahoma, which is in the middle oh of nowhere. God. <laughs> um, and it was quite a extreme um, difference to New Zealand or Aotearoa. So um, yep. I didn't last long at that job, but I really enjoyed the the time of like I made some really great friends there that I still stay in touch with. But anyway, I jo joined um, a couple of different bands while I was there. I joined a, a big band, uh, brass, you know, like jazz big band, and then I also joined a gospel band, which was in an all um, African American community. And I joined a um, bunch of old black guys in a their blues band for a while was the sax player. And this was all when I was like 16, 17. So what did um, they think of you? I mean, they thought I was crazy. I'm, like they couldn't understand myself. I know they have no idea where New Zealand is or what. No. <laughs> and they did, they did, they couldn't understand me. Cause as you know, from being here for a while, we speak very fast. And um, even though it's English, they didn't understand half the stuff I was saying, but um, they thought I was crazy and they loved me. And, um, but one of the <laughs> things that I took back from that experience was, absolute love of gospel music um uh, the power of it the power of the harmony and the way that the musicians play together and it's all it's there's no there's no theory there's no writing it's just all feel you know and it's yeah. you know it's very spiritual and um i've tried to as you can probably hear implement some of those harmonic movements and you know style style of production where it's very, I've tried to keep it very organic, like, you know, recording claps and like live bass and the Hammond and putting stuff in there that would be very much in a church setting, you know? Right, right, right. And who is Lance that's featured on that track? Because I, I know. I'm not he's a, he's a, a young artist that's start, he's got his own, just started his own project that I've done some production for. Um, he's from Wellington, uh, amazing um, young artist. He uh, was classically trained, I believe, in opera. And then uh, got into electronic music and, and more pop stuff. And yeah, he, I, I love that where his voice sits. I think it's very unique, you know, how he sounds and you can't quite tell if it's female or male. And, you know, I just, I just think right. it's really great. Seems like there's a, 
a kind of a scene in Wellington. A lot of people coming up. You got another guy, uh, Solomon Crook. Uh, from oh, another exceptionally sounding vocalist. Uh, you know, deep, raspy. You know, got that old soul. Yeah, vibe on him. Yeah, it could be from the era of Leonard Cohen's. You know that that. <laughs> uh, yeah, and he he's quite a nifty producer as well. So he helped me with the production on on Mercy and that song you were talking about with Lance. Yeah. So what's next? Are you taking the show on the road? What are you going to do? No, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's a, I mean, I, in some capacity, I miss playing live, uh, being a musician, you know, actually yep. being on stage and connecting with people physically. I do miss that, but there's a lot of, um, I get a lot of anxiety. I always got a lot of anxiety from performing, uh, very nervous and you, you're very anxious about going on, on stage and touring, believe it or not. I mean, I wouldn't have looked that way, but it right. was, um, definitely how I felt. And I can relate. <laughs> yeah. 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 You put on a, you well, put yeah, on a brave I'll face. Tell, and, in, uh, Cause I use uh, on the radio from time. Every time I had to do anything, I was completely sweating, turning all shades of, but whatever. you wouldn't know it listening to you, would you? Hopefully not. But then one day, like in my fifties, it went away. It was like, oh it my did. god! Wow! So hang in there, is what yeah, I said. Yeah, right. Okay, okay. Maybe I need to give it another shot. Um, <laughs> but the other, you know, the other, re the other main reason why um, I probably won't be doing live shows anytime soon, other than maybe some specially curated DJ sets, is that I'm a perfectionist and I need to know that right. I've, I can put the time and effort in with a band. You know, like proper rehearsals, yeah. making sure there's interesting, you know, changes to the live show and different arrangements and, and that takes time. And that, that yeah. is something I have a lot less of now with a family and producing for other people and deadlines and yep. yeah. Um, so yeah, not, not at this stage. Um, there is, I'm always looking for ways to collaborate with other disciplines in art. Like, so, you know, visual artists or uh, anything, dance, you know, ways to put Pacific Heights in a different um, setting. Uh, if that can happen, I'd love to do that. Um, but yeah. That's the, the plan is just to keep trucking on, on making great music. There you go. Well, you can't ask for more than that. Well, hopefully people <laughs> think it's great. <laughs> I, I think it's great. So I'm just going to keep a, doing that's that. That's the important thing. Cool. Yeah. yeah. All righty. Well, good luck with the release date on Friday and everything. And Thank you, Marty. You yeah. Know, it's great to chat again. I feel like we've got a good little tradition going on, on these albums chatting. So um, yeah, I'll talk yeah. to you again in four years. And I don't know if I'm, I'll survive another four-year record. I know my wife won't. She's um she's probably the happiest out of everyone that this record's finished because she's sick of hearing it. So, right. um, yeah, hopefully it's not another four years, but uh, we'll see how we go.